This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning and hello, everyone. I hope the world is treating you well and you're having a great day. Coach Chris Cotton here from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching, where we work hard to support your financial success. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk shop, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. But before we get started with four phases of an auto repair business, I'd really like to take a, a quick second to give a shout out and thank you to our sponsor, AutoLeap. Your business may not be as successful as you want, and a common reason why is because you don't have the right systems. One of those systems is definitely a great point-of-sale system. This is why I need to tell you about AutoLeap. AutoLeap is a game-changing, easy-to-use, all-in-one shop management software. Many AutoLeap customers have doubled revenue in their first 10 months and reduced admin work by 10-plus hours a week. Going from your current software to AutoLeap is like changing from a flip phone to a smartphone. Please go on and check them out at www.autoleap.com to see for yourself. You can also click in the show notes and get from there as well. So, hey, one quick note before we get started. Every shop is unique in its situation, and what takes one shop six months to complete may take another three months and or 16 months. That's why we believe as a company there's no cookie-cutter plan and progression to get you from where you are to where you want to be. If you have a great handle on step C, D, and E, then we can catch up and master A and B and then move to F and so on. Hopefully you follow that. In future episodes, we're going to go in in greater depth in all of the topics that I'm going to talk about today. So what I want to start off with is pre-phase. And I know we're talking about four phases of an auto repair business, but there is a pre-phase to fixing anything. And that's acknowledging that you need help and then being big enough to ask for it. If you're in the weeds, you don't know what you don't know, right? I talked to a great shop owner here recently. His name was Chris with a K. He comes from outside of the auto repair industry and and bought an auto repair shop. And now he's reached out to learn all the things that he didn't know he didn't know, right? And you don't know what you don't know until you know it. So, So there's a steep learning curve. You can be a businessman, a businesswoman, a business person and go from from that to the auto repair business, but it is a different animal. Okay. So, so he realized that he wasn't the, the best person to move the business forward, that he didn't have all the learning that he needed. He found us on the internet. He reached out to me and we spent about an hour on the phone um, talking like general overview of how things should operate. And I think that was a aha moment for him to be like, Hey, you know what? I am a great business person but I do need help. And then, so we're moving forward from there. Okay. So the first step is acknowledging you need help and then asking for help. There are tons of people in the industry that are willing to help you out. You just have to ask for it and be open to receive it. That's the pre-phase. When we get into the, the first phase of really working in your business to figure out what's going on with it, where where we need to go and how we move forward. So you've realized you need help, you've asked for help, and now you've got it. So now what? Typically, profits are not in line. There's no processes and procedures. We don't know what we don't know, and we're not tracking and measuring. Okay? So one of the first things that we're going to look at is, are your finances in order? Can you show, show me a well-laid-out income statement? 
also known as a as a P or L or a profit or loss statement. I don't like P and L because it doesn't show you in the L at the bottom is just a just a profit or a loss, right? So one of the other things is hiring a bookkeeper. You can find a bookkeeper that can do wonderful things with your business relatively inexpensively. And and I happen to know one. If you need a reference, give me a call. I can send you over. She charges about $50 an hour and she works really, really fast and she's really, really good. And she works with a lot of repair shops, a lot of my repair shops. The one thing I want to step back and say, though, about, you know, are your finances in order? Can you show me a P, P or L or income statement? About half the shops that come to me have an income statement that's laid out incorrectly or they don't have one or they just take everything in a shoebox to the accountant at the end of the year. If you're trying to run your business like that, it's going to be hard to make a profit and do what you need to do. You you need to be within 24 hours of having your income statement. Like at the end of the month, if your accountant can't have you back the income statement in 24, 48 hours, we got to figure out why and fix that. Okay. The other thing, do you have a great point of sale system? You know, are you using somebody like AutoLeap that has an agile cloud-based system that has great reporting in it? If you're not, you need to make sure you get one. It is really, really hard to run your business effectively if you don't have the reporting you need. Now, some of those things are really, really great for a couple of things. You know, if you're using QuickBooks, I guess the progression is handwriting everything on paper to QuickBooks. And then you really, you really are going from stone and tablet to the space age with some of these cloud-based systems and just their functionality, the reporting, and how efficient they make you. The other thing is profit margins. Are your profit margins in order? Do you have the correct per parts matrix in place? Do you have a labor rate that allows you to pay your people well and allows you to make a profit? You know, it's not a sin to make a profit. You have to be able to pay yourself correctly. You have to pay all your people correctly. And the business has to be able to function. Again, we can't fix anything that we can't track and measure. So in this in this first phase, you're also going to start tracking and measuring KPIs. You're also going to start working on processes and procedures. Do you have a DVI process? Do you have a RO audit process? Do you have a, a phone call a follow-up process. And these are things that we're going to start putting in place so that you can use those in later phases. Sometime in here, you're going to go from not being buried in the weeds to actively working on your business and not in it. You're going to be starting to actively coach your employees and hold them accountable to the processes and procedures that, that you come up with. I can hand you a stack of processes and procedures, but if you don't have your people work on it with you, then the buy-in is going to be very little. Okay. In this first phase, we're also going to be identifying the right people to keep in the business and people that aren't going to be able to continue with the business. I'm a 100% firm believer that there are people in your business that can only get you so far. I had a, I had a shop that we had service advisors in there and we were trying to get our shops capable of doing $50,000, a week. And the shop I'm talking about, we had two service advisors and both the service advisors were only getting us to like 20, 25,000 a week and maybe sometimes 30. 
And their answer was, we need more people, we need more people. But if, if you start really looking at it, productivity and efficiency and thing like, things like that, they didn't need more people. They just needed to be able to do their jobs better and be able to handle the, the chaos of all that a little bit better. So what we did is we replaced one of the service advisors with another service advisors, and then bam, our sales jumped up five to $10,000 a week. And then that service advisor started to outshine the other service advisor. So we we spent some time working with her and trying to get her to the next level. And after six months, it just wasn't happening. So we replaced her with another service advisor. And this person had the skills we needed and the capability in order to to get us to the forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar a week consistently. And and one of the things those other people struggle with is limiting behaviors. So you can go back and listen to my episode on limiting behaviors. You have to identify these traits in these people and then figure out, can this, can this person take me to the next step? And if they can't, you owe it to them to try to train them. And if they still can't do it, then, you know, you have to replace that person and move on for your business sake. Phase one, we're still working on phone skills and coaching, sales skills. And then here's when we start developing pay plans for service advisors, technicians. We want to reward all these people for their hard work. But again, we have to make sure that the business is making money before we can do that. And and that takes us into, into phase two, which we're going to call growth mode. So in growth mode, do we need more cars? Do we have too many cars and need fewer cars? Because so a lot of times that's the case. Um, I would say 75% of the shops out there need fewer cars and, and do a better job with their processes and procedures. Okay. We're also going to work on improving your average repair order with proper procedures for recognizing opportunities and recommended maintenance. If your shop's not doing tires, man, anybody can tell you that knows me, I love adding tires and tire services into the plan. Also, when we identify if we need more cars or fewer cars, are we tracking and measuring our marketing? Do we have a marketing source report? You know, what does our marketing plan and our marketing calendar look like? How does that affect car count and fewer cars? Also, scheduling can play a, a huge role in this. A lot of shops struggle with scheduling. So, in the previous step, we talked about employees. Now we're working on employees. We're adding employees. We're working on accountability, skills, and competencies. This is also when we start working on job descriptions, performance reviews, employee handbooks, anything that we can have for guiding literature to show these people what we're doing. And we have that. So then we're working on recruiting and uh, handbook writing, interviewing and hiring practices, training, new hire orientation. I'm really, really big here on bringing in uh, production apprentices to help out the shop and increase productivity and then also training them. He, here, so this next one, if you don't learn anything else today or haven't heard me talk about anything in the past, this is also when we start implementing our auto shop profits and cash flow system. If I could snap my fingers and give you one thing without giving you anything else, this would be it. If, if you're not implementing an auto shop profits and cash flow system in your business, you have to do that. You have to be in control of your money and not let your money control you. Okay. So at this point, we've gone from working in our business to working on your business and your day spent leading your troops. 
It's not spent underneath the hood, writing service or anything else. Your day is spent leading, leading the troops, making sure that your staffing is adequate, make sure that the finances are in order and make sure the car count is in order. And, and that's your job at that point. Okay. So phase three, everything's in place and we're starting to put a bow on it. Right. So now we're starting to make employees comfortable and, and now it's time to plan and execute, start moving forward. It's like crossroads time. It's decision time. Is this now when you want to add locations, whether it be one, two, or three? Do you build those locations from scratch? Do you buy out existing shops? Or is one enough? Have you have you taken your business from $400,000 a year to $1.8 million a year, and you have everything you need and one is enough, and you're just ready to kind of step back? Now's also the time where we're locking in employees to help us move into the future. You know, we're identifying potential owners, things like that. We're making sure that we have insurance in place, insurance for key employees. Also, I want to step back and mention, I recently did an episode on red envelope, yellow envelope, and there's some other things out there. I think Seth Thorson did one along the same same lines. And do you have that in your process? Actually, that should probably go a couple of steps further, but we're going to talk about it here. Do you have a 529 plan for your children? One of the biggest things that I ever did as a business owner, and I would have never thought about it on my own, is is Kimberly came to me and she's like, hey, I think we should start a, like our daughter was like, I don't even know if she's born yet. She goes, we need to start a savings account for Piper, our daughter so that we have that money ready to go for when she goes to college. And so I reached out to our insurance advisor, our, we use Northwestern Mutual, and talked to him about it. He's like, hey, the business needs to be putting money into your 529 plan for your kids. And so we started doing that. Our daughter is just like, as I'm recording this, she's probably taken her last final of her first semester of college. But because we started planning for that in that stage, we were able to set aside uh, a certain amount of money. And the way the market's been the last several years, the money we put in tripled. And that was huge for us being able to, to do that for her. And I'm not saying all your kids have to go to college, but you should have the money set aside so it's not a pressure for you. It's not a stressor for you. Okay. At the same time, you have to plan for retirement for you. Your business probably will not be able to provide enough for your retirement unless you do really, really well. You need to plan for yourself for retirement through the business separate of selling the business. What a great position that's in. If you can, if you can put money into an IRA, all kinds of different accounts. There's a hundred different ways to do that. But but what a great what a great thing for you to teach your kids and everybody else around you if you don't have to depend on the retirement of that business. How many shop owners do you know that wanted to retire and their business wasn't worth anything because the profits weren't there because they didn't set money aside? And now, honestly, I get a lot of phone calls from people like, hey, Chris, I want to sell my business in six months. And I'm like, okay, so you, you're telling me that you started working on that five years ago. It's like, no, I just decided yesterday. I'm like, whew, we're behind. We're behind. It's going to take us two years to prepare your business to get it ready to sell. Okay? So don't depend on your business alone to provide your retirement just by selling it or whatever. 
Management oversight, who watches what and holds who accountable. This is when we're identifying a number two, if there's a strong number two in the business, a general manager, whoever's running the, your, the day-to-day now. Because at this point, you're working on your business, not in your business. And maybe you're working two days a week. Maybe you're working one day a week or three days a week, or you work four months on and then take a week off. So now we're identifying who are we turning over the reins to? And then this is the the exit strategy, right? So exit strategy is also developed during that time. And the final phase, I'm not going to give much into it this right now, but just look for it coming up in the next several weeks to a couple months. So, so phase four is the hero rides away. You know, the old cowboy movie where the, where the hero hops on the horse and rides off into the sunset or margaritas on the beach, whatever, whatever you want to talk about it. So phase four is everything else has happened. Our plans in place, everything's worked out in our favor and it's time to move on. And so the other thing that I really, really want you to learn is this takes us back to pre-phase. You know, you can't do any of these things if you don't ask for help. If your business is struggling, if your auto repair business is struggling, if you don't ask for help, we can't get you through the phases. So you have to recognize and identify and ask for help. Reach out to somebody, okay? So, hey, everybody, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to listen. If you haven't found us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and followed us for free, then why the hell not? It is free after all. If you're listening in on Apple, Spotify, or some other app, I'd love it if you could leave us a review. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you are eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me. You can shoot me an email at chris at autofixsos.com or give me a call at 940-400-1008. It's time to get out and rise and grind, everybody. Have a great day.